Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. It's episode 221. That's number 221. Recorded our first episode in January of 2024. And I am Ross. And I am Gordon. Hey, Gordon. So let's start our first episode of 2024. With a subject that's important to many, but not always the first thought of consideration to the photographer. Well, with that kind of a description, I am going to presume that you are going to talk about photographing in less than optimal lighting conditions. Very astute as always, sir. Did you like how I put that? Less than optimal, as opposed to the language I might normally use? Like crappy? That one, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, low light is an issue for most of us at one time or another, and for a variety of reasons. Well, the, the first concern that I, I hear from fellow members of the camera club is that of concern about noise and a severe reluctance to go higher in the ISO settings. This is also a concern of increasing priority. Ooh, nice nice sentence. Uh, as the physical sensor size becomes smaller. Well, of course you're right. Noise is the thing that we hear about the most. So let's start at that end with the outcome, because that outcome typically revolves around concerns about noise. Well, I think it's understood, or at least believed, that higher ISOs generate more noise. Well, that's factually correct. But the real question, and I think it's the one that gets missed, is that what ISO in your camera and in your use case does the noise actually become relevant? Well, I think, I think that's valid. But that would be a user perspective, would it not? Of course. But it's only relevant if the level of noise that is what is considered acceptable noise, is determined by viewing the image at a proper viewing distance, which by study determination is commonly known to be twice the diagonal measurement of the display area. Well, I've heard that, but that's not realistic. Common displays are, what, 24, 27 inches diagonally? Uh, unless the user is you... And you have a great attraction for giant displays. I do. But well, how do you mean? Well, when I edit on a largish display, let's say it's a 27-inch diagonally, I do not change my seating distance. I am sitting at approximately 24 inches away from the display. And like most people, I think, I tend to lean in and zoom in when I do my editing. Well, I believe you, because I think that most folks do the same thing. But in that example, you are slightly more than twice as close as recommended for effective viewing and effective determination of what is acceptable noise. So when you are working at that distance, do you see noise? Well, if I set my editor, which in this case is Lightroom Classic, to 100%, then yes, I see noise. 
Plus, I am using a micro four-third sensor, and everybody knows or believes that they have more noise than a full-frame sensor. Well, fair enough, but let's set that belief about sensors aside for a moment and come back to it, because we want to explore the facts, not the beliefs. And I want to continue talking about viewing distance. I agree, it's common to zoom in to 100%, and many people zoom in even more when editing, particularly when they're doing things like spot removal, or making selections, or doing fine placement in a composite. Would you agree that that's true? Uh, yes. As far as I can tell, that's pretty much how the work gets done. Okay. So in your experience, when you do that, do you notice digital noise more? Absolutely. Without question. Fine. Now I want you to think about something else. Are you going to view the finished image from that same viewing distance and that same level of magnification when you're done? No, no. I, I print my favorite images, and when I look at the prints, they look pretty good to me. And even the on-screen ones look fine unless I press my nose against the screen. And precisely. And this tells us all that there is not, in fact, a noise problem at all. Merely a mental perception of a noise problem resulting from invalid operational data. Translated to, you're too darn close. Great. Well, everyone knows by now that you follow data more than emotion in these areas. But what I've... What if I feel that the image is too noisy? Well, then to be blunt, it's not a successful image. We've said it before. If the first thing you see when you look at an image is noise, allow for my your translation of my earlier language, it's a crappy image. That's what I was thinking. Huh? This is getting scary. Okay, so couldn't I use a noise plugin or a denoising function to fix that? You could, but you also understand, I know, that denoising is the antithesis of sharpening, right? Ooh, that's a nice word. Ooh, new one. Yeah, I was okay. working this week. Antithesis, this is, this is, okay. Well, I do. I've heard you say it and drill it into me more than I wanted, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not sure that others do. At a fundamental level... Denoising reduces contrast between adjacent pixels. However, the lower the exposure value of the image, the less data there is, and so noise becomes more evident, a result of a decreased signal-to-noise ratio. And the reality is no interchangeable lens camera has a native resolution that creates excessive noise. Although micro-sensor cameras absolutely do. This is one of those areas where smartphones are going to fail miserably. So you've been a proponent of this concept of exposing to the right. So what happens if I choose to expose to the right in crappy light? Ooh, awesome. Just to the right in crappy light. This is getting good. So my shutter speed will drop and my ISO will go up. And from everything we've talked about, those are generally bad things. 
Are you familiar with the photography phrase, it depends? I'm, phrase, uh, I'm familiar with that phrase in more ways than one, perhaps. <laughs> uh, aren't we all? <laughs> it depends, because it's going to be shot dependent and be driven by what your image goal is. However, the math always works. If you lift the exposure by two stops, meaning overexposed by two stops, you're going to get four times as much data recorded in every zone as if you did not do so. And then when you level it in post, meaning bring the exposure down, you don't get more noise, you get less noise overall. Most people miss this because they choose not to believe the facts of how exposed to the right works. I guess that's up to the person, to the person. but I think we had a pretty good display of that a post that one of the camera members put in the other day where he was surprised that shooting at the higher ISO showed up a whole lot of noise. But when he leveled it, the noise disappeared. Well, that's so, the purpose of experimental testing, right? Mm -hmm. We have a theorem, we test it, and we see what we learn from it. And really, it is up to the person. But facts are facts. And emotion and belief systems often ignore facts. Speaking of facts, let's go to sensors. And let's look at some real data for some sensors. Now, in my research for this episode, I looked up a popular micro fur thirds camera where the data was readily available. In this case, an Olympus OMD1, OM1D, OMD EM1, thank you, Mark II. I love how these companies come up oh, with God, names yes. that are so easy to understand. And for example, in this particular camera, the maximum ISO recommended for sports use results in an ISO deliverable of 1,312 ISO. Now, you're not going to find that on the dial. However, the use of sports as the measurement vehicle is important because sports lighting usually sucks. You've got intensive highlights, intense shadows, massive amounts of contrast, and you've got moving subjects. It's a very challenging mean. And so what we find in practical terms, that if the sports ISO recommended is, say, 1312, then in general you can shoot at ISO 2500 without any problems whatsoever. Now let's consider a different sensor, say a Canon 5D Mark IV. In this camera, the sports rating is 2995, or almost 3000 ISO. That means it's practically usable in the real world up to ISO 6000 or so. Now, these are the raw numbers, and I don't mean raw file, raw numbers based on the sensor itself, and they don't take into account any correction that gets done during the raw processing, which always makes improvement, although the makers never say what's being done. And that raw processing is what is happening before the raw file is actually written to the card. Then we have to consider the raw data to viewable image conversion. This is where the raw data turns into something you can actually actually look at. 
And I think we will all agree that there are many ways of doing this with different softwares, all using different approaches. Yeah, well, that's, that's a whole lot of numbers. But what does that actually mean? It means that users spend way too much time worrying about ISO levels. I've shown presentations that you've seen of football shot in horrible light, where the only ISO I could use was 25,600. Yet, at normal viewing distances of those images, the noise was irrelevant. Put bluntly, if all you see is noise, it's as we said, it's a crap photo. And in a good or interesting photo that is compelling to the viewer, noise vanishes. Yeah, I've uh, heard you say that for a long time. But I still hear people talking about noise mm, a lot. And I expect you always will, because those people ignore the facts about viewing distance, about maximizing the exposure, and taking the time to learn and understand what digital noise is, how it's created, and why it is the signal-to-noise ratio at the sensor at a given ISO that is the only metric of consequence. But the manufacturers don't talk about that. Well, of course not. If they did, buyers would be able to make better decisions based on their own use cases and not on marketing. I remember testing a camera that the maker said would work at ISO 3 million something or other. And it did. The images looked like pink cat turd, and they were unusable in a practical sense. Many makers advertise ISO ranges to 256,000 or 512,000, but first, they're not real ISOs, they're computationally adjusted from a real maximum, which is commonly one-tenth of the computational value, and those super-high ISOs are unusable in practical application. But man, those numbers sure look good on a spec sheet or out of the mouth of a salesperson who has no knowledge of how sensors actually work. Or frankly, YouTube influencers or alleged instructors for that matter. There's no competency test for presenters, you know. I think it's very important that we think first about what we want to do and not what the spec sheet says. Okay. So let's see if I get what you're saying. First, uh, make test uh, shots with exp good exposures to find out what level of noise you can handle to choose your own personal maximum ISO based solely on proper viewing distance on a high-quality display. Then, wherever possible in bad lighting, use the process of exposing to the right to maximize data collection at the sensor with acknowledging the fact that you will need to reduce the exposure later in post-processing. Third, understand that math is math 
and no denoise tool, regardless of whether it is AI or not, can actually remove the noise. Oh, that's very well summarized. And that third point is really important. Remember that AI is not actually intelligent. What it really is is a very powerful probability matrix that is completely dependent on an ever-increasing data set. Both the size and the scope of the data set, as well as the efficiency of the matrix, determine the effectiveness of the tool. Lots of folks seem to think that these tools are the solution to everything, but they're just placebos in the place of real data. Okay, well that's something to wrap my head around. So I think we can probably wrap this up here. So thanks, as always, to our listeners. Thanks, indeed, to all of our listeners. If you'd like to support the channel, you can do so with a donation by clicking on the button called Support the Channel. It's on the main page at thephotovideoguy.ca. If you shop at B&H Photo Video, please use the link on the main page as it pays a small commission here and costs you nothing at all. Please do submit comments or send in questions. I read and respond to all of them. On behalf of this channel, we wish you peace and good health.